Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. This audio edition is created in conjunction with partners as part of our Market Voice series. Well, the TV sector is putting its collective foot down on the pedal around the much-debated and long-awaited total TV measurement system called VOZ. Some say it's taken too long, but broadcasters say there's plenty of rolled gold in the hills. Today, we call that data. Now that VOZ is up and running and being tested and used by dozens of agencies across hundreds of brands. And there's a few myths to be busted, they say, like Facebook's stealthy pitch to market chasing incremental TV reach, or viewers' TV doesn't allegedly get. Today's lineup of TV execs say that's a furphy now that Voz captures unduplicated viewers across linear TV, online streaming, and catch-up services. And because of this single view of TV audiences that Voz provides, the industry calls it Total TV, it's spinning off an emerging class of TV viewer-like streaming choosers. That means people who have flicked the broadcast signal entirely and are only consuming traditional TV content online. So, to talk through what we're going to see in 2022 in total TV measurement, viewing consumption, and the roadmap for Voz, we have a lineup of TV thoroughbreds to explain. Now, that might be a little generous for some of the panelists here, but we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Joining Think TV CEO Kim Portrait is Seven's Head of Research and Insights, Craig Johnson, Nine's Director of Sales, Richard Hunwick, Ten's Head of Data and Gold, Gareth Tomlin, and Doug Pfeiffer, CEO of Oztam, and the man charged with making the Voz engine hum. Welcome to you all. Should be a good update and interesting conversation about where this whole thing is at. Kim Portrait, to you first. There's been a bit of market angst around the Voz rollout, Kim. Uh, where is it at today? What are the smoke signals you're actually getting from marketers and agencies, and do they care? And welcome. Ah, uh, thanks, Paul. Uh, you know, you use the word angst. I use the word expectation. I think people have been looking for a way to comprehensively measure video, and we know that advertisers value video in their schedules because it drives business outcomes. It's also booming, isn't it, Kim? Video is absolutely growing, yeah. And look, the Mm. reason it grows is because it works. Voz is a big piece of helping advertisers and agencies understand exactly what audiences are doing. We know that there's strong demand. We know that there's strong um, desire to, to play with Voz as it rolls out. We finished a survey of the media agency staff in Australia late last quarter. 80% of them know and understand that Voz measures total TV and that's important. But what's probably not as often publicised but more important is over 80% of agency folk are wanting to try Voz because they know that there is rolled gold in those hills that's distributed across, you know, five capital cities pretty much evenly, demand is there. And so I would say that perhaps angst is the wrong word and desire to better engage with Total TV is probably the right word. Well, good call. It's probably a little journalistic creativity there, or you could call it that, Kim. But let's go to some of the things that you're seeing emerge out of Voz now that it's, you know, it's in market and working. Light TV viewers is one I think you've talked about. They're growing in number. What's Voz telling you about light TV viewers? I'd imagine this is a sort of a growing category, is it not? Yeah, it's a good question, Paul. What we're seeing is 
younger people watching Bebot. And interestingly, we've just done some numbers ourselves and women certainly watching Bebot. And that has to do with the content that's available on demand. So certainly programs that are drama-based, reality-based, those things that people want to catch up on or watch again are certainly things that we're seeing rise to the surface in terms of people's viewing habits. And some of the panel today will have better insights for you. But the notion that, you know, the duopoly can reach the folk that TV somehow on the big screen don't is, as you said, an absolute furphy. We're seeing large numbers of people watching on demand, but also the big screen. And it's actually the choice of the device or the choice of the way they watch has a lot to do with the content. And I think that's the important thing we need to remember. Television creates and delivers to Australians the best video content. It gives advertisers an opportunity to place their brands inside that content. And so let's let's not forget that the reason people are watching is because they want to watch what the broadcasters are making. And that's a really important point. So just on that younger light viewer, Kim, and them tapping into BVOD, does that mean that they had switched out of linear, but BVOD's bringing them back? Or are they switching over to BVOD and out of linear? What is happening? Is there a net gain there with those younger people? Look, it's a real mix, to be honest. It's different. You know, there are so many Australians. I think it's 80% watch TV and BVOD delivers 1.7 million additional viewers kind of on a weekly basis. So there's no one size fits all for why people are coming to BVOD, particularly from a demographic point of view. I think it's more about the broadcasters having moved to meet the demand of the consumer, which is they want to watch what they want, when they want, on the device they want. And with that now available to them freely and readily and with VOZ from an advertiser or commercial point of view, being able to measure it makes all the difference in the world. Well, Richard Hunwick, on this whole theme, you've mentioned this term streaming choosers. What does that mean? Is it significant? Whatever a streaming chooser is and welcome, Mr. Hunwick. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know me, Paul, I'm trying to introduce a new phrase into the vernacular, but yes, it is significant. And I guess further to Kim's previous point, we are talking about a real change in consumer behavior here and particularly the growth of live streaming, I think, is demonstrating the change that's coming forward. We're seeing, you know, live streaming growing at probably 400% of the growth of video on demand, if you like, right at the moment. And that's, you know, it's coming off a low base, but it's increasing dramatically. And I think, you know, I talk about streaming choosers. We've always had streaming users, right? People who, people who have um, used our services to catch up on stuff they've missed, people who are geographically disparate from their main TV set, or people who want to watch something that's not on the main screen in the house. Those guys have kind of been pushed into that space. The streaming chooser, I think, is a new breed. I think it goes, you can reference it to those of us who are old enough to the conversation around cord cutting, right? But it's a bit right. different. Well, just for those that don't know, sorry, Richard, for those that don't know, cord cutting is obviously where you're cutting your subscription television service. Yeah, and pulling out of those services and moving into a more video on demand. It was a video on demand commentary in the first place. But, you know, streaming choosers, I think, are people who are actually sitting there and it coincides with the rise of CTV viewing and, and connected televisions where the main screen in the house is now a smart TV. Those guys are choosing, and a, a certain proportion of those people are choosing to go in and view kind of app first. So streaming is their choice. And we're seeing that increase dramatically. And, and with 70% plus of BVOD viewing on connected televisions, it's not actually that surprising that people are actually choosing right. not to have a broadcast signal on their roof. They've got different ways to access the content. 
and they're choosing to go in through be it 10 plus or 7 play or 9 now and utilise that as their access point. But they're watching in real time. So they're sitting down at 6 o'clock to watch the news or they're, they're sitting down to watch rugby league or AFL or soccer on 10 live, but they're choosing to do it via the app rather than the traditional broadcast method. And I think it's important for advertisers because when you think about that from a CTV perspective, so A, it's a live audience that's there in real time, but B, CTV is a true television experience with all the things that comes with that big screen, high attention, and of course, co-viewing. So there's more than one person around the screen. And Voz is allowing us to actually start to measure the fact that on 70% of the streams, there's likely to be two, maybe more people actually sitting in front of that TV screen that are being impacted by not just the content, but the advertising. So it's a really important play, I think, Paul. Well, so I'll dig a little bit more into this, Richard. For those of us sort of unsophisticated types, including myself, give us a practical example of, say, how Voz is, is working at nine. Maybe the Australian Open is a good example. And I think it also feeds into your streaming chooser sort of observation, which is that I think you've said that typically towards the back end of a big event like the Australian Open, they'd flip to linear and flick to the big screen, but they're not. They're staying on and streaming instead of going to linear. So there's a little bit in there, but... Yeah, a couple of things, I think, within that, you know, and I might use a couple of examples. The AO is a great one and maybe maths as well. But, you know, for us, Voz is providing, you know, for the first time, a robust measurement of reach extension. Like, we've always been able to measure how many people are watching online and how many people are watching on air. Now we can actually plug those two things together and find out how many people are watching overall and put the content right at the front rather than the device. And with the AO, what we saw was about 12.5 million people watching the AO through broadcast. Of those 12.5 million, about 1.2 million actually also watched some of it on BVOD. They watched both TV and BVOD through the course of that two weeks. What we saw for the first time, though, was we saw about sort of 7 to 10% of the audience only watched on BVOT right the way through. And that was really consistent right the way across. People didn't choose to suddenly, you know, they, they didn't catch an, a game and then choose to watch Ash on the big screen. They were watching it through connected televisions. And there was another million people who only watched the AO via a BVOD signal. Um, so dramatically increases the reach opportunity. But importantly, 1.2 million people watched both, so you could have got them on linear TV. 1 million people only watched on BVOD. If you bought BVOD, every second viewer was a BVOD-only viewer and extends your reach with a lot of efficiency. Every second person you're getting to on BVOD in that instance is a new person you weren't going to get on television. You didn't have to chase the light viewers, Kim and you talked about earlier. You know, it's dramatically increasing your opportunity to build reach cost efficiently. And then maybe with maths, I guess, mate, you know, what we've seen this year and, and really importantly from Voz and what Voz is showing us is the true power of the content. A couple of headlines um, early in the piece with maths suggesting that the audience was down year on year and, and the linear audience was. Uh, in fact, episode one was down about 6%. But when we got the BVOD numbers through, they were up 25% year on year. Nearly a third of all the viewers watched via BVOD. And overall, maths actually grew year on year, episode one, and has done since. There's more people watching, and to Kim's point, more people coming back. They're just choosing to do it their way. So I think it's really important, particularly for sponsors, and you think about both the AO and maths, it shows the true power of the content. If you're integrated within that content, it's going out to everybody that sees that content. And they're really 
starting to understand what their bang for buck is in a far more significant fashion. So, you know, for me, that's the really key part of Voz, measuring that reach extension, understanding exactly how many people are watching the content, and then understanding what the power of things like integration then bring. I just want to clear up a couple of numbers there, Richard. So firstly, you said 7 to 10% in, during the Australian Open were streaming only. Significant number, you said. But is that so there's an increase on, say, last year and the year before that I think you said 7 to 10% streaming only? Yeah, I mean, in terms of streaming only, and Voz, obviously, a new platform, we do have some numbers from last year. We think that's probably doubled in terms of streaming only year on year. The BVOD numbers were up 2 to 300%. We saw really significant right. increases overall. But again, people watch not just on BVOD as well within that space. So we did see really significant uptick in terms of that choice. But again, historically, what we would have expected is that at some point they would tune into whether it was Ash Barty or Rafa Nadal in the finals via a big screen. And they are. But the big screen is a connected television and they're still watching via the app. But they're watching it live in real time. The other one, as you said, MAPS was up 25% post the overnight. Is that 25% on BVOD? And what's the overall increase for MAPS at the moment then? Yeah, so 25% on BVOD was the year-on-year growth. We had over 450,000 BVOD viewers at the seven-day mark. Clearly, we can measure that beyond that, and it will continue to grow over the next days. That's a real TV metric, seven days viewing, and, and we would continue that. Overall, at seven days, the total viewing of MAFs nationally, we can include, obviously, the regional signal within that was up about 1.6, 1.7% after seven days. Okay, great. Craig Johnson, hello to you. Welcome. Um, I imagine the same is going for seven here for the Winter Olympics and beyond with some of your other shows. How's Voz being deployed? And is it actually helping brands and marketers? Yeah, hi, Paul, and thanks for the question. The Winter Olympics have been um, a huge success for us, especially using the VOZ data. We're seeing, as Kim alluded in her opening, around the younger, lighter viewers, the men 18 to 24, we're seeing That's upwards me. of a 15 to 20% uplift around a lot of the events. As you can imagine, events like snowboarding, ski jumping, the younger ones are coming in and watching, not necessarily watching on traditional big screen TV, but watching on their devices. So it's great that we can capture that. And with Voz, it does give us the opportunity to bring these numbers together and understand how many extra viewers the streaming devices are bringing in for us. Voz is giving us this truly national number. And with Prime now in the sevenfold, it gives us for the first time an unduplicated national audience to take to market. And this has been really important across the Olympics. With the Olympics, we have big national sponsors and they want to understand how they're doing right across the country. We can help these sponsors understand the different mix between broadcast and BVOD. And then what we can do is we can send a daily batch over to Oztam and get RNF for their campaigns in return. And we can help marketers modify their campaigns and their broadcast versus their BVOD daily so they can make changes to their campaign and understand their mix between broadcast and digital. And this is super important because maybe we're over-delivering on broadcast, but we're missing some of the younger ones so we can up their weights on the streaming services. So this has been great insight for the market. Craig, who have you done that for just out of interest? Who have you done that for so far? What brands or agencies, are they all doing it? We're looking at Suncorp. Qantas, Harvey Norman. So everyone that you see as sponsoring um, Stack, all the sponsors throughout the Winter Olympics have daily 
numbers available to them to understand the split between their uh, digital and broadcast and then understand where the reach has been delivered in which demographic groups for this. But one of the things that we've found is a lot of the marketers are still just not ready and they're still buying TV in silos and they're treating the delivery vehicle separately. First, they'll take a sort of traditional broadcast channel first, then they'll consider digital. What we're not seeing is they're not seeing a completely viewer-centric view to understand who's watching. And this is something that we as the broadcasters need to work more towards is getting sort of that single view. And Voz does that for us. Well, on that, it's interesting. And, you know, Kim talked earlier about awareness being there, at least on the media agency side. Obviously, we don't have any data on what marketers are understanding about Voz yet. But if the awareness is there, what do you think is the blockage? Why is it stopping? Is it purely just a silo-based, you know, there's a digital play and there's a linear play and there's two different sets of people doing it or what is it? Yeah, Paul, I think there's two blockages. One of them is that siloed approach on um, some of our big accounts. Um, We have an agency that looks after broadcast and an agency looks after digital. So bringing sort of that type of account together is sometimes difficult for the broadcaster. The other part of the puzzle is holding us back other tools. The third-party software providers do need to up their game to provide better tools for us. They will complain that sort of they don't have all the specs for Voz. They're not sure what's going on with Voz. I think that's rubbish. I think they've had plenty of notice. And I think it's um, good that OzTam have actually taken on in the short term being able to provide a reach and frequency engine for us to be able to throw daily numbers and get this back for advertisers. Look, you've also been in the US and across APAC and audience measurement in previous lives, Craig. I hear the rumblings about Facebook cleverly positioning itself for incremental reach. The broadcast TV doesn't deliver. Is there anything in that? Yeah, and Paul, rather than, rather than just picking on Facebook, I would sort of broaden it out to all the social platforms. One of the social platforms, one of the big mantras is we provide the reach that broadcast TV doesn't. One thing that Voz is very quickly proving out is that you can find all your reach on broadcast TV and BVOD, bringing these together. Great example for Seven and this is uh, SAS Australia. It's been a standout for us on Voz, a little like um, Married at First Sight um, for Nine. We've seen uh, for each episode about an 18% uplift when we bring the BVOD numbers in. And what has been remarkable for us is these younger, hard-to-reach audiences. We've seen a 42% uplift in people 18 to 39. And a lot of these have been females. We have brought in so many young females watching, especially the SAS Uncut version. Really? Women, younger women watching SAS, Craig, just to be clear there. Yeah, no, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. And I think because they don't actually need to watch it when it's on broadcast live, they can go back and catch up on it. We see on we see on Saturdays especially lots of catch-up, younger women catching up on their, uh, their favourite uh, SAS participant. Any theories as to why that is? Uh, I just think it's sexy, Paul. Um, have you seen the, seen the guys with the shirts off on that show running around? Come on. I have to say that Seven did approach me, but I declined. <laughs> and I think to Richard's sort of streaming choosers, yeah, we like to think that people don't actually say, hey, I'm watching Seven News on connected TV. People just say, I'm watching Seven News. And I think this is where the agencies need to change the way they're buying broadcast networks. You're buying the news, be it on BVOD or broadcast, and Voz can finally show that out. So I really think uh, 2022 is uh, is the year of Voz, and we're already seeing a lot of activity. I know at Seven, we're out there talking about it um, fairly aggressively with our agencies, making sure that they're fully understanding this um, broadcast and um, digital services that we offer. 
One final question for you, Craig, is, you know, you talked about all the social platforms sort of in that incremental reach battle, but to be, you know, brutal on the stats, is YouTube not delivering incremental reach that, you know, Total TV is doing? There must be incremental reach there, and YouTube's such a big platform, you know, at the top line. Oh, no, there is, and I think that, I think there is, to give YouTube credit, they, they certainly do deliver incremental reach. I think the argument from me is that it's not the only place you can get incremental reach. They've sort of positioned themselves as this is the only place you can get these men 18 to 24 watching these skateboarding videos. Actually, we had a lot of those men 18 to 24 into the snowboarding at the Winter Olympics. So I think as we start to look more across platform, we'll see a lot of the people that we are delivering, sort of a lot of those young men are watching 7 Plus and they're also watching YouTube. I think it's also worth remembering that while Boz proves that the reach of broadcasters' content is there, there's a wealth of research in market, particularly when you look at social platforms, that there's much greater levels of attention on TV content irrespective of the device it's delivered on so we know that while there is definitely incremental reach delivered on both the attention factor of the viewer is not as good as tv and that particularly on youtube which you referenced before attention disappears as soon as you can click that you know skip ad now button and we know that that's been demonstrated so I think the thing with Boz is it is proving out the reach, which is changing and debunking the market narrative. And, you know, you'll hear more from us on attention in the coming months. But I think that's worthwhile noting. Doug, you got a thought? Yeah, so just on that, when you're comparing BVOD to something like social video or YouTube, if you actually look at how we measure the BVOD viewing, we don't start counting until it's been at least 15 seconds in. So it's not two seconds, it's not six seconds. So we purposely made it look closer to television in terms of the metric there. And then what we see on the BVOD side of things, if you chose to go watch Survivor or Merit of First Sight or one of these programs, we see that the majority will watch almost 95% of the content, right? So they're sitting through the ads, they stream all the way through, they're there for a reason. So there's purpose driven there. And so that kind of plays out in the attention metrics that are coming from the broadcasters that we see and then some of the research that Kim has done. Right. So this is some of the data that I imagine you'll get out there this year to clear up that understanding. Richard, you had a thought. All of the stuff that Kim said, all of the stuff that Doug said, and then just the pure numbers. I mean, we're seeing consistently with Voz over 90% of 25 to 54-year-olds, well over 90% of 25 to 54-year-olds, viewing what is effectively commercial television so I leave the ABC to one side, commercial television every month. You've got a mid-90s number for YouTube, and that's a great number. But you're getting the same reach through commercial TV, and you're getting, as Kim says, with better attention, more cut through, more return on investment for clients. The old argument about the fact you can't get to them on television is simply not true, and the work that Doug and, and Ozsam have done with Voz is clearly demonstrating that, and it's robust. It's the only input that actually has the linear TV viewing as part of it. So you can check whether that reach is incremental, actually incremental, because you're measuring on a single panel, or whether it's reach of YouTube. And we are fundamentally coming up with some sort of algorithm or percentage calculation to assume that it's adding people who didn't see it on free-to-air television or commercial yeah, think, TV. Rich, I think you're right there. And I think if you kind of go back to where we were before Voz hit the market, we were looking at 
Austin TV ratings. One, it was Metro only, and it wasn't, back to Craig's point, it wasn't national. So tick, we go to national. But you're looking at light viewers to the television set. It's not light viewers to the TV or to TV content or to broadcast content. It's light viewers to the television set. And what it brings, what Voz brings you is then when you combine it and the segmentation of these viewers, and you call them streamers only, but there's people that use both and there's people that use only, and there's people that only use TV only. That combination gives you the clear picture of what's going on. And so light viewers to the TV set might be heavy viewers to BVOD, might be heavy viewers to a mobile phone, might be heavy viewers to a connected TV and they stream only. And that's the beauty of what it's trying to bring together. It gives you a clear picture of how people are consuming. And for my clients, it's obviously these guys sitting here who sell and do research, but it's also the programming department. If you think about the programmers that get slammed every day when the ratings come out and they say that's not a success, but then you hear the numbers where they're adding 50% more viewers or it's still piling in. Some of this content still piles in viewers on BVOD 28 days later if it's still up there. And so we have to measure or look at what success is as a total picture. It can't be just to the TV set and it can't just be Metro. Got it. So listen, um, Gareth Datagold Tomlin, you've had a dig inside the Voz Vault and you sort of got some hidden shows that are sort of might surprise our listeners. Give us some examples on what your observations are in and around what Ten's doing with Voz and some of these emerging formats that may not have got anywhere on linear. Yeah, I have had a dig. So at the moment, you know, agencies and clients, they don't have too much visibility on the top programs on BVOD, they see public VOS reports. They obviously see the, the network's press releases each morning. And most of the time, those programs are what you'd expect. So you've got, you know, MAFS, Survivor, the Olympics, all the obvious ones. But there's plenty of BVOD exclusive or BVOD first programs that outperform broadcast content. So last year, five of the top 15 programs on BVOD were either BVOD first or BVOD exclusive. So these are shows like Survivor South Africa on 10 Play. You've got Love Island UK on, on 9 Now. Um, even a country practice on seven plus. And these are programs that generate, you know, hundreds of millions of minutes of viewing and they're beating primetime broadcast shows on BVOD. So that means there's some really interesting opportunities for advertisers that they may not know. We've recently added Prisoner to 10 Play, the 70s, 80s drama. The original series, not the new one, the original series. The original series, series, not the new one. Right, right. I think it's our top five show in January. You could hypothetically be selling a sponsorship on Prisoner 40 years after it it first aired. So these are really interesting opportunities. You could have a fast car, couldn't you, Gareth? <laughs> you could. You really could. So these are things that people don't know. There's some hidden gold in here that people can access. So in the top 10 list is using Voz. Give us some examples there of what you're, what you're seeing, what you're doing. We've heard from 7 and 9 on how Voz has been used for those networks. What's going on at 10 there? I think one really interesting way we can and, and probably will use Voz a lot more in the future is the opportunity to extend reach either within or beyond a program sponsorship. So even when the program's not on air. So if you think about a sponsor of Survivor, Survivor might finish you know, this month in March, April. They could extend that sponsorship months later by sponsoring Survivor South Africa new episodes, Survivor US as it drops onto 10 play. So BVOD, in a way, through Voz, it's a time machine to extend your sponsorship. So you could be always on in a program. You could be always on in MasterChef for 12 months, not just the three or four months that it airs. Mm. And then I think the other interesting thing about Voz is, and touching on the hidden top programs, there are some topical shows on BVOD. So The Project, 7 News, 9 News, The Current Affair. 
but also shows like, have you been paying attention? Things that you think you have to watch within a week, but they're still huge on Bevo, huge on live stream. Have you been paying attention? Total audience last year was 2% higher than 2016 when you throw in live streaming and on demand. So it's not just catch up, it's live streaming. Um, it's early evening programs going really well on the VOZ data when you include BVOD. So it's these things people may not think straight away, but they're really quite obvious when you start looking at the, the BVOD data in particular. Yeah, and I guess that's where this year the broadcasters will want to see the market dig more into that and unpack it a bit more. I guess that's probably one of the top of the agenda, is it? Yeah, and I think, you know, as Craig touched on, it's up to the third-party software suppliers within the industry to really kick into gear because I think once people can really dig into it, there's so much to find out. Who are we talking about there? And Tim, when you talk about third-party software players, who are you talking about? There's Nielsen. I think there's a broadcast map have done quite well to start with. They're quite a big software company. But it's getting Voz data easily used in the hands of even junior buyers, planners. That's really how it's going to accelerate. Got it. Well, finally, to the man with the Voz bat, and we heard from you a little bit earlier, Doug Piper, but give us the macro view now that we've heard from the broadcasters on where they're at with Voz. What is the big picture for Voz this year? But I guess I want to ask first before we get there, some agencies have said in the last six to 12 months that they've already skunked total TV viewing with their own measurement alternatives. Will, is that real? And will they come around to Voz? Do you think? What's your sense there? Oh, look, there's other measurement tools out there. I mean, they're getting return path data from connected TVs and that's in the market. They're doing things, but it doesn't give you the complete picture, right? If you think about what we're delivering here is currency data from broadcast at a national level, currency data from a BVOD market at, you know, the entire, we call it BVOD census data. It's not government census data. It's complete coverage of the BVOD market across all the broadcasters in Foxtel. And so bringing those two things together gives you the best coverage. And I'll also say not every TV is connected, right? We still have a lot of viewers that just turn on the television and still deliver on the second and third TVs. And even on their main TV, they don't watch on necessarily a connected TV. What's the margin of error though, Doug, if another player gets the linear Oztem feed and applies some return path data that's not VOZ, what do you think the risk is there? Well, I don't think it's going to match to what we have because if you dig in, and I don't want to dig too down into the methodology, but we do have, it was mentioned earlier, co-viewing. So we have demographics. A device doesn't give you who's sitting in front of it, right? And so we use a combination of the people meters that we have, the streaming TV data that we have, and then the census data, this VOZ, the VPM census data to combine it all together. So we have all the components. And the other players don't have it. Could they be out by 5, 10, 15, 20, 2,000%? What could be? Let's go for 2,000, shall we? I haven't seen their data, Paul, so it could be any of those numbers. But um, And look, they're probably looking at currency data to try to conform to. So tick, they're probably trying to match it. But they don't have all the components. They don't have the unconnected measured part of it. And they don't have the complete BVOD place. And some of the players are also only have certain brands of television that are connected. It gives you real-time big sample sizes of set data, right? And so mm. what we have is all the components. And that, that's why it's taken so long globally for people to, you know, ratings companies to crack this is to how you put these two things, three things together to get the correct answer with at currency level data. 
Can I quickly ask Craig, because Craig, you're at Nielsen, you know, globally, is there a danger for getting the numbers wrong by working your own data feeds, not using Voz? Yeah, and Paul, there is a very big danger and people that tend to work their own data feeds, interestingly enough, it tends to favour the people whose data feed it is. And that's always been my experience. I think to Doug's point, our our system is audited, has checks and balances. It has the three broadcasters making sure that no one gets advantage. Um, so I do think this is a huge plus for what we're doing at Oztam and Voz, but also to the scale. The fact that all broadcasters are measured and we have the VPM SDK installed. So we have complete coverage. Um, and this is not what you're seeing. Other providers are providing from a a certain TV set or a certain device. And that's always going to put a skew in the market. So I think what we're doing, what Doug and team are doing down at Oztam and bringing everything in together is the best way to provide a currency data set to the market. And that's what's important, that currency word. That's what the end client wants to use and hear. And that's what we're providing. Let me give you, maybe for another podcast, Paul, is there's a couple other things with connected TV and connected TV measurement. If you see the reports coming out, and I'm not sure if you touched on it in some of your articles, but fraud is high. It's the new area of where the crims are chasing the free money. Ad fraud on connected TVs, you mean? Yes, connected TV. Right. I can give you some data on that if you want. The other piece is that what we see, and there was a report out in the US just uh, last month, that the connected TV still delivers. It looks like it's delivering streams when the TV set's actually off. And so you're getting these very long viewing sessions for hours, and it's not even appearing on the television set. And that was an independent study by a research company in the U.S. And so you Mm. have to make sure that what you're seeing is real. Now, we Mm. see the same thing when we see very long viewing sessions from streaming video stuff that's coming through our streaming TV sets where we see very, very long viewing sessions with no channel. You know, it just is on for like eight hours a day. It's more like radio in the background. So you have to do a lot of validation on this stuff. And I'd caution, look, I think people should dabble in this and use it, but is it currency? I don't think it's currency. And what we're putting together is a currency-ready data set. You're not suggesting that people might turn on, I don't know, music videos and leave them sitting there somewhere playing and people are claiming those numbers as viewing, Doug, are you? It's probably added (laughs) into the total minute somewhere along the way. That sounded like the press gallery in Parliament, actually, where <laughs> there's a Dorothy Dixon thrown by one to the other. Well done, Richard Hunwick. I'm not you going to let you away with that one. Mr. McIntyre. <laughs> so, Doug, before we wrap this up, we're running out of time. What's your sense on where the take-up in the market is? You know, I asked Kim this earlier, but are agencies getting in there? They are. I think it goes back to the usage, is probably back to the tools, which was touched on here. But we've got 45 VOS licenses out there, agencies and affiliates. Obviously, the guys here are using it extensively inside their broadcasters. I call these guys the super users at the moment. We've got 350 plus licenses that they have access, agencies have access to our portal. So they can, it gets like ranking reports and they can start to mine that. It's pre-processed. There's 160 plus inside the broadcasters. So that's getting hit a lot. And then that VAWS reach and frequency portal that we built, we've seen massive increase on it. Like it is getting pushed by the broadcasters and they're going out and using that. So they're putting TV, linear TV together and hitting that and getting those reach and frequency numbers and taking to the clients. And we've got some more agencies asking, you know, I think for us going forward is getting the BVOD impressions across the programmatic, 
that'll make the use jump this year. And we're working on a solution for that. Okay, we're going to wrap this up with one question to each of you, which is what is the standout prediction from each on 2022 and on Voz? I'll start with you, Kim Portrait. What's the big, the big shining light that we should be thinking about or looking at? Uh, I think 2022, because of Voz, is going to be the year of total TV where we change the narrative and the market starts to understand it's about the content that's viewed and the humans that view it across any device, any time, any way they choose. So we're going to see the International Total TV Day sort of emerge then, are we? Is that sort of the year of, the year of and the day of? That sounds good, Kim. We'll come up with something on that. You know what? I'd um, love to host Total TV Day. That'd be awesome, Mac. I'll talk, <laughs> yes. I'll talk to you separately about that. Doug Pfeiffer, your big call for 2022 and Voz. So obviously there's a lot of work going on in the background and getting the tools ready and getting the data closer to currency, and that'll be towards midpoint of the year. And we're targeting to have everything come out of Voz for 2023. Probably the number one question I get asked by everyone is, when does it become currency? And for me, currency means that people will do deals on it And that means two sides agreeing to those numbers. So that's Richie going out there and selling a package and saying, it's not just the linear side that I'm selling you a package and I'm selling you. And we will guarantee ratings on both. And Rich, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we'll start to see deals towards the end of the year and as they go into the upfronts with Voz data in it. Okay. Well, I'll go to Richard Hunwick on that. Your big prediction for 2022 and Voz? Yeah, so... Doug is very rarely wrong. And in fact, some of that stuff's already happening. But for me... You're on the record with that, aren't you? Oh, I think so, mate. Wow. But uh, for me, this is the year that, uh, you know, television and digital buyers come together, all right? The reason TV works and one of the reasons that TV works so well is driving reach and awareness at the top of the marketing funnel. And TV and BVOD together is going to extend that reach, provide better returns and provide more sales for advertisers. You can measure it. It's real. It's robust. It's not made up anymore. And you're going to see... TV buyers and digital buyers working together this year to give you a total TV solution. Well, some would say that's optimistic like me, but it needs to happen. It's just whether it happens this year, it needs to happen, no question. Gareth Tomlin, your big prediction for 2022 and Voz. I'm going to be safe and pick one that's already happening, which is the huge growth in live streaming. So I think that's going to be part of the conversation a lot more. Live streaming is growing sometimes two, sometimes three times the rate of on-demand viewing on BVOD. So I think that's going to be bigger for viewers and therefore bigger for advertisers. Great. And Craig Johnson, final word? Yeah, and to finalise, and it's scary that I'm in complete agreement with Richard. Um, I think (laughs) this whole idea of uh, broadcast and uh, digital media buyers coming together, and I think it's going to be a change that is brought about by the broadcasters using Voz data. The noise is going to get um, too much to ignore, and us being out in the market with this, everyone's going to start to have a bit of FOMO. Why aren't I using uh, Voz data? So these people will start to converge, and that'll be great for us. Well, Kim Portrait, Doug Pfeiffer, Craig Johnson, Richard Hunwick, Gareth Tomlin, thanks. I learned some stuff there. It'll be interesting to really track this this year. Big calls being made around Voz. Let's see how the market uh, responds and behaves. Thanks for the conversation. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks about a whole bunch of things that you guys have brought up again in this conversation. Stay safe. Thanks, Paul. Paul. This MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 Audio Edition to listen for free. Listener.